0: Will gets the puck for Carrier, he gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel,
1: he scores! Kessel from below the goal line!
0: Because one hour isn't
1: enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights
0: grab it on the right wing side,
1: Smith to the point,
0: Petrangelo scores!
1: Set up by Riley Smith. Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace.
0: Fan appreciation night at T-Mobile Arena, the Fortress, getting set to host this last home game of the year for the Vegas Golden Knights, taking on the Seattle Kraken. First time they've met in a number of months. Met a couple of times early in the season and now we'll finish off the campaign with a home-and-home which could be a precursor to the first-round series between the two clubs if everything shakes out. Uh, we'll get into a few different scenarios ahead for the Vegas Golden Knights in these final two games, also uh, following some other action around the National Hockey League. One-timers, news notes around the NHL uh, still to come in this half hour. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. Uh, the Golden Knights, this is a weird uh, stat for you. Hmm. They're 6-0 this year, returning home after they lose a game on the road Uh, fell against the uh, Dallas Stars in that uh, shootout the other night so they can uh, add to that streak tonight but that's just one of those uh, not letting your flat spots Mm -hmm. drag uh, on for a lengthy bit of time which something Seattle's done hot and cold, hot and cold. When they're going, they're some of the hottest teams in the National Hockey think They've had some incredible runs this year, but when they go south, uh, they have a lot of trouble digging themselves out of it. Uh, Vegas rebounds uh, really, really well, especially in, in since the calendar change of 2023.
2: Yeah, I think for the Golden Knights, they've had pretty much all year, right? Like, good responses when they've had, you know, some setbacks here and there. Certainly the beginning of the year, it was one off. You lose a game, you go on. You'd win a couple more if you're the Golden Knights. And, and I think, you know, the, the fact that you're able to come back home after a setback on the road and find your game quickly and, and get points
0: out of those situations, it's, it's a positive. Uh, we're expecting Lauren Bressois to get the start tonight uh, for the Vegas School of the Knights. Uh, don't have an official starter as of yet. At least I haven't seen it uh, from the Seattle Kraken. Could be Joey Decord, mm-hmm. uh, who is their number one guy uh, with uh, uh, the team in the old desert. And yep. or... Philip Go Grubauer going on back-to-back nights, I wouldn't put it uh, out of the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. uh, and and I don't know why teams don't do it more. Would you rather start your third-string guy? And Joey's, not, Joey's a National Hockey League guy. Yeah. Not a full-time guy, but he's certainly uh, in that uh, window. Mm-hmm. But would you rather have what you signed to be your franchise guy in Grubauer going back-to-back nights, or would you rather have your organization's third-string uh, uh, spell him off? That's a, that's an interesting uh, situation for Seattle side of it, and for Vegas, it is more of a commitment to Lauren Brousseau. Yeah, I, I
2: think in Seattle's case, if if I'm choosing here, if I'm Dave Haxtell, I'm probably going Philip Grubauer. To be honest with you, I think that he's your guy for Game One of the playoffs. I think he's going to be the guy that pushes this team if they are to go on a run, um, and he's he's got the playoff experience to get back to that, that level that we've expected out of Philip Grubauer, but all that to say, I'd give him an opportunity to to try to get this team into the top three in the Pacific Division. It's there, it's in front of them, and I think you start your best goaltender to give you the best chance to do that. It, it would, in my estimation, be Philip Grubauer. Now, as far as the Golden Knights go, I, I've said it a couple of times. I've said it going into the Kings game, that should have been Lorraine Brossois. He gets the start, he gets the win. All important, I think, and I, I view... In this moment right now, because we haven't seen Logan Thompson or Aiden Hill get into a National Hockey League game and there are only two left on the calendar for the Golden Knights in the regular season, Loren Brossois is my game one starter. Whatever he needs to get his game ready to go for that is the amount of starts that he's going to get the rest of the year.
0: Well, this will be his ninth start in yeah. the National Hockey League this year. Yeah, And he has a point in every start to this stage. Yeah, not bad. He has uh, got the, the five wins and the three others, mm-hmm. and he's been he's been really good. His his numbers point to that. a uh, Same percentage, 9-2-1. Uh, a, a goals against average, that uh, is 2-4-4. Four, four. That's the, the lowest of, of the five goaltenders mm-hmm. that, that have played. Can't believe I just said that. Five goaltenders that have just uh, played, <laughs> and that, that's since the all-star game. Uh, but Vegas will be without uh, its top point producer, and somebody that's tied for the most goals in, in Jack Eichel. I wasn't at all concerned when I heard that he was going to miss Saturday. Uh Something uh, just uh, working through a lower body injury. Does that change knowing he's not going to play tight?
2: No, I don't think so. It doesn't for me anyway, there doesn't seem to be like any panic in, in Bruce Cassidy's voice when he's talking about Jack Eichel and kind of the, the, there's no real timeline here with Jack, but I I don't I don't believe Jack Eichel would be unavailable for the Golden Knights game one of the playoffs. I, I just don't think that we're there. Do I need to see Jack play Thursday in order for that opinion to change? Not really. So long as kind of the 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 messaging and, and the the same type of updates from Bruce Cassidy follow over the next couple of days, I think if Jack needs time to get himself 100% ready to go game one then that's really the most important thing to me.
0: Uh, Clinching scenarios uh, going into tonight. More on uh, the roster and uh, what we're looking at in just a little bit. Uh, But this this is the scenario for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight.
2: Yeah, so if the Golden Knights are able to win in any fashion tonight over the Seattle Kraken and the Edmonton Oilers lose in any fashion tonight to the Colorado Avalanche, then the Golden Knights will clinch the division. The other opportunity that exists here for Vegas is if they pick up a point. So if they lose in overtime or the shootout tonight and the Oilers lose in regulation against Colorado, then the Golden Knights clinch the the division. Any configuration of three points either gained and lost, gained by the Golden Knights, lost by the Edmonton Oilers, will result in the Golden Knights
0: winning the Pacific Division. Uh, I told that to my uh, wife today. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said her head was going to explode.
2: Well, just win the game tonight, yeah, and I hope know. for the Edmonton Oilers to lose. But you get into those points game, points eh, losses. Yes.
0: For some reason, it's easier in baseball. You know when you get to the magic number because it's not two points or one mm-hmm. point or anything. It's just mm-hmm. wins or losses. Yeah, and you got the magic number. And if I my magic number is eight and. Three, You lose three times, I win five. That's good. Yeah. It's easier in baseball. That's where the whole magic number thing came from. Sure. We adopted it in hockey, and we started working on this. But then with three-point games, like, wow. <laughs> uh, that uh, that Edmonton-Colorado game will start at 6.30. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have half an hour lead up to keep you up to date uh, mm-hmm. during the intermissions and the pregame show uh, with, with Ryan on Fox Sports Las Vegas, keeping an eye on that. But that's also a, a tough one because colorado crazy as it sounds can still finish first in the conference and that that wasn't even a thought two weeks ago yeah
2: so the colorado avalanche if they went out would top at 110 points so you know, you look at it from that perspective. The Golden Knights still do control their own destiny, regardless of what the Colorado Avalanche do. If Vegas wins tonight and they win Thursday and Colorado wins out, Vegas still will clinch the division title be, or the conference title because they'd have 111 points. So it's, it's all to say that for the Golden Knights, the objective here tonight is to clinch the Pacific Division. Win your game, the Oilers lose, and you have clinched the Pacific Division title, then you win on Thursday. Regardless of what Colorado does the rest of the way, you win the you win the conference.
0: So who are you cheering for in that Colorado game?
2: I think it goes without saying. You're hoping the Colorado Avalanche defeat the Edmonton Oilers.
0: All right. Like,
2: just... I wouldn't mind a hat trick from Connor McDavid just to inch us closer and closer to 70. I don't think he's going to get there, but it would be interesting if he got there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if you're a Golden Knights fan and you're looking at this objectively... I think you say, "Okay, Thursday's game. I want to minimize the importance of having to win or having this or that or anything holding o- like over your head." I look at it and say, "Frankly, I-, I-, I want the Edmonton Oilers eliminated from being able to catch the Golden Knights."
0: It's it's funny, like it it's just the way that the chaos of this season has, has evolved mm-hmm. between goaltenders and injuries and on a couple of different teams but it, it fits the script coming down the stretch in this final week. There's less than a week to go in the regular season. There's two games to, to go in this regular season. One at home, one on the road and potentially you could face four different teams in that first round next week and you don't know whether you're going to finish first in the conference, first in the division or third in the conference and second in the division.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all over the map right now for the Golden Knights.
0: Uh, let's uh, bring in uh, the subject of Mark Stone, who took a scheduled day off today, uh, coming off his first appearance at practice yesterday. Uh, Mark Stone did not practice in that baby blue uh, uniform in the morning skate uh, today mm-hmm. at City National Arena, in which the Golden Knights uh, start to crank it up and uh, easing your way back in. We talked about that yesterday and, mm-hmm. and wondered about the, uh, the opportunity. Well, you are hopeful and in your best case scenario would love for him to be available at the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs that's a quick jump mm-hmm. and having said that yesterday uh, takes a scheduled day off today uh, reflects how how much runway there is still uh, to cover
2: yeah it, a lot of it obviously is is going to hinge on how mark stone feels day to day And anyone that thinks that they've got kind of the the table or the understanding of what it's going to be, you're not Mark Stone. You just don't know. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see over the next couple of days how often Mark is able to be on the ice, how much he's able to maybe ramp things up or if he's got to take steps back. It really depends on how Mark's feeling on a day-to-day basis. So the fact that he was able to get on the ice on Monday, that's big. That's huge. Scheduled day off today, okay, great. Let's see how he feels tomorrow, whether or not he practices tomorrow, whether or not he's able to maybe do a little bit more than what he was able to do on Monday. Those are all things that we've got to see before we start to say, yeah, Mark is definitely at this stage and that stage. We just don't know right now.
0: Uh, good on Gordon, Nate, and uh, everybody in PR and communications, uh, Garrett, uh, India, uh, getting that out there uh, because you could have imagined what yeah. the reaction would be, right? Uh, Stone out there yesterday, uh, not out there today with uh, without the communication. Just gives everybody the opportunity to mm-hmm. uh, absorb it and, and no type of uh, Twitter panic going. Well, I think it's also fair to the player, right? Like,
2: you, you it, it's great on the communication staff for communicating that ahead of time, but it also it, it takes the pressure off of Mark Stone to do anything before he's ready to do it, and I think that's the most important thing here is that you take care of Mark Stone the best you can. Yeah, we all recognize that he wants to wrap, ramp up, that he wants to play as soon as he's able, but you've got to take things slow, and you've got to continue the progression forward it's the only thing that matters.
0: Well, I think it's really important on the communication staff again. Yeah, 100%. because well, because Nate's my boss. Yeah, and GC and India and okay. Gordon are all my buddies. Yeah, so uh, I, that's what that's why I'm giving them extra credit yeah. on this. Good stuff. I don't know why you you, you seem to want to take the, the praise away from no me. no what I was what
2: I said what just I, like Chapman no that's, turning it into an intelligence this is this thing. is this is more of a reach from you oh, is it yeah yeah because yeah, I said good on the communication staff for. Taking a lot of the pressure, taking pressure off the player. That's 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 literally we're saying the same thing, just a little bit differently. You I and love,
0: I, I love those ones, yeah, where we say the same thing yeah. but differently. And you're, you're and, it's, and you're it sounds trying. like we're arguing. Yeah, you're trying to. I love it. those yeah. ones. Yeah. It's good. Those it's are good. those are you, my favorite ones. You know what? And it you is? can't script it. No. You can't script it. But it just happens. And and
2: the and the beautiful thing about it is, like, I'm starting to understand when that's happening, and I I can better deal with you today. I don't know. It's just weird. today. No, just I'm, I'm in a better place in terms of dealing with you on See, a day to day basis. It never
0: happens with Chapman. I love yeah. him to death, yeah. but it never happens when we're saying the same thing. Uh, <laughs> here's Bruce Cassidy from city national arena ahead of the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. So tonight, this is uh, Bruce Cassidy and his morning availability.
3: Well, they've done a lot of five on five scoring for different reasons. Um, They do have a good group of forwards that have finished well, probably higher than even they expected in terms of their shooting percentages. And that's how you end up scoring a lot of goals when they find ways into the back of the net. Um, Found some chemistry up and down their lineup. Different guys came in, obviously playing the right way. They're defending well too. So real good hockey team. Maybe not a guy like you see the Edmontons of the world come in and even LA with a Kopitar that, that have that, marquee name but a real good team team effort every night a lot of speed up up front um so we got to make sure we neutralize that so our rush. in how we played against l.a to me is a good formula um in terms of reloading and checking well and defending the, our blue line uh, they have a different neutral zone system obviously but in general that type of game is what's going to be required we're gonna to have to have our skating legs well he finished well there last year and You know, they—it's probably a bit like Vegas a few years ago, right? They get guys coming from different places that want to prove themselves and and are getting a second opportunity or third for some of them. You see it up and down their lineup. So he would definitely fall into that category. I'm sure if Pittsburgh thought he was a 40 goal scorer, you know, that they would have hung on to him or different teams. So sometimes you just need to be in the right place at the right time and then get your opportunity and take advantage of it. So there's a lot goes into it. He he certainly falls into that category, but Sprong scored some goals. You know, Ryan Donato started of score down guys down in the lineup that you knew Strand would score a bit. He came from Columbus. That was his history. But, <clears throat> you know, um, Eberly scored in Edmonton. But some of the other guys that a kid from Nashville, right, good example, um, gets a second chance and he's filling the net. So. Well, that's his game i think he has to do that if he's going to create offense for us i don't think he's a rush player like you know the Marsha souls of the world and and uh jack so that's his offense um it i think you need a blend you need guys like that to wear down the other teams d uh can't be one and done off the rush especially come playoff time the the, the ice tightens up teams are more disciplined with their their third forward so <clears throat> those guys become even more valuable and uh we've seen it with nick and that that's what i see for him coming up next week right he'll be one of those guys that we're going to need to for him to be on his game in, in that area that's where you really miss a will care or even stoney down low is very good at so that's where it comes even more important for nick we've tried to build it into the other uh lines his game <coughs> stevie's line built, and and carly and smitty to build their cycle game as well because it's just just becomes that much more important and, and we'll find out where we're at with it next week but nick is probably our our leader in that area i would think in terms of uh, that style of play. <laughs> is that why like, it works well with Marston or for the fans? Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're I mean, going to be a rush line in general, like with Jack there, because Jack will push people back. That's just been his history. Nick's not going to do that like Jack will, so they have to find different ways to score. So where I think Nick will be effective on that line is he's smart too. He's not just a puck machine guy down low he knows where people are around him he can make plays so i think he can do both nick if he was given an opportunity to play in that type of line i think he could be a rush player but his strength to me is always his, his reach and it, he enjoys that game his cutbacks his deceptions and once he gets a step on a guy when you're 6-4 and you're willing to get into traffic then you know you have an advantage and um we'll see how they do
1: What's
3: a consistency. I think it's tough to come up in this league and score on a consistent basis. Still a small sample size, right? But we saw some of that in training camp. I liked his game. He did it in Henderson last year. Was doing some of it this year. Um, his releases. I was talking to Berthois the other day about his release because it's interesting. He's not a guy that cranks it. You don't. You know. It, he gets, but he gets it off in a hurry and it's well placed. And sometimes that's all you need. So his, um, you know, his ability to score because of that. And he's gotten inside uh that's the other area where and he got drilled the other night in Na- Nashville, I think by Sissons. it was a good hit, but he got inside didn't deter him kept going there so that's a good sign as well um yeah he's he's doing all right he's not going to play today or Thursday, but we're hoping for next week um, but let's get him on the ice first but so that's good news when it happened, I watched it you know on the replay you know you're kind of like you know, thinking this could be, could be a long one. So that, that's the good news for him. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get him back next week. It, how, <coughs> goalies, how important is it to get a game? the, playoffs to make the Well, LB's playing tonight, so that's one left. We'll have to see where everyone's at tomorrow. So I, I I mean, obviously, to get game action at the NHL level, matters so I'm not going to say it doesn't um, how quick could they get up to speed if they don't see that you know we'll have to make that call depending on how they all look next week we do know LB and J- uh, Jonathan have both played well lately so that's the good news you know for Hilly and LT will to be determined and um, we still have Thursday's game that we haven't set in our mind who's going to start. There's a lot of moving parts going on there right now, so I don't want to get into everything. You know, right, that the injured guys would like to get in. LB, if he's the guy we're going with because he's played the most recently, then, you know, to see how many starts does he need, et cetera. So there's a, there, there'll, that discussion we'll have tomorrow. We
0: get some guys out, but this time you see coaches get some guys
3: stretch where Allow you or something. we wouldn't we wouldn't do that right now. We got stuff to play for if a guy is not able to play and he's gutting it out then yes i think you look at it and say okay um let's get him ready for the playoffs that's the most important thing is next week but if guys are healthy i mean they gotta they should play um unless they come to you and say well now could you guard against certain guys yes every team cherry picks a little bit in that area uh would we do that thursday let's let's wait and see we're already down guys so for us we're you know, our lineup isn't as maybe strong as it would be otherwise so we got to be a little bit careful we want to make sure we're still playing good hockey but tonight everybody that's healthy is in and thursday we'll we'll see but um it might be it might be the same thing uh, who sorry um well he's a veteran guy he wasn't happy coming out uh i think you know the simple message to teddy was you know we were a pretty good hockey team when he got here and I don't want to lose loyalty to those players that helped us get, you know, first place most of the year. Uh, he, he he adds to our team. There's no doubt about that. And I think everybody that's sat out recently, Amadio, Cotter, I think it was, said they can all play in the league and play in our team. We've seen that. So, But there's only 12 spots. So uh, that was the message to him. Um, what has he done? He's been good in the circle. He's actually been... Created some offense for in a fourth line role, which always helps you without uh, any sort of deficiencies on the other end in, in D zone. So he's picked up our system well for centers. That's, you know, something you got to keep in mind, especially going into the playoffs, a limited amount of time. So I've been happy with this game. It's just I'm happy with Paul Cotters, too. You know, he's a young guy. We're trying to get better every day and get him consistent. He brings an element of physicality that maybe Teddy wouldn't bring. or or ammo ammo brings an element of skill can move up with certain you know lines and and not miss a beat so you got different players that can add different things to your lineup which is always good better than having four the exact same you know kind of thing I think that helps a coach Um, so that's where Teddy's at he'll go in tonight in the in the fourth line role and move Howie back to the wing I liked Howie in the middle he's played some some there as well so another good problem to have
0: Brett Howden has uh, grown significantly this year. I think he went 22 games without scoring mm-hmm. uh, between goals mm-hmm. uh, at the start of the year, to the middle part of the year. Uh, came back, uh, was more in, engaged physically than I've seen him in the past, and he scored five goals since he's been back in the lineup.
2: Yeah, I, I think Brett Howden's certainly been a, a player that has – has come up in in big spots, and I think has has brought a lot of energy to the fourth line for the Golden Knights. A lot of what you know, Brett needed to do, I think, was just kind of find his individual game in in that that line, and he's he's had a lot of success there. So I you know. He scores a big goal in Dallas. It helps to get the Golden Knights a point. And I think that the energy that he brings, the, the way that he plays the game, is exactly what Bruce Cassidy's looking for on, on that role.
0: You know, a player that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about but is so versatile is Nick Waugh. Three games ago, he was centering the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Now he's up on the, on the first line yeah, and gets some power play time. Has the ability to kill some penalties when when you need him uh, is great defensively. Uh, he doesn't get enough attention. He's so good in so many different places. I, I think it's hard to really do a deep dive on him anywhere. Yeah,
2: I, I think for Nick Watt, we've we've talked about a lot of players and versatility. Like we talk about Ivan Barbashev and how versatile he is, where he can fit in all the different scenarios inside of of your lineup. And I think we we view or should view nick wa in a similar way he's got great hands great individual skill he's a big body and he can play in a lot of different situations you can put him on a fourth line and he can drive offense there and you can put him up top and, and give him some favorable minutes favorable matchups and you've you've seen the hands in tight so i like the the, the versatility that nick wa brings to the lineup wherever you put him which you know starts to to get you excited i think for the prospect of what this team could look like healthy and where nick wa fits in the green grand scheme of all of that and
0: he's one of 13 guys mm. in double digits and goals yeah. on this team mm-hmm. and the leaders the 27 marshall so and and eichel and then you get into riley smith who's got 24 and a whole bunch of guys between 13 and 17.
1: It, it, that part is
0: made, and I, I think I've, I have mentioned Darren Elliott always talks about it's everybody who scores, it's their 13th or 14th goal. Yeah. And that's that's basically what, what they're dealing with right now in, in just the massive balance. Mm-hmm and ability from a goal-scoring perspective.
2: I think that that's what you need in order to win, right? I think for the Golden Knights and to to a similar extent, the Seattle Kraken, like you've got a lot of guys that have double-digit goals. You've got a lot of guys up and down the lineup that have been able to chip in offense here and there, and that's been the difference in winning games, finding ways, leaning on your, on your depth, especially through injuries. And I think for the Golden Knights, the fact that they have gotten those contributions all season long should make you feel pretty good about getting those goals that you're going to need in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Seattle has uh, McCann with 40. And then you have four other guys, 20 or more. Yeah. And a bunch of bunch of others. But uh, very, very similar blueprints, uh, the way these teams are built. Uh, Vegas more tighter defensively. Uh, Brusqueau has been awesome in limiting the uh, the opposition, and the Golden Knights, when they when they allow two goals or less, 18 and 0. Like it's 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 been it's been that good uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, looking forward to it it's against Seattle Kraken, fan appreciation night here at uh, T-Mobile Arena inside the Fortress, an opportunity to move 10 games and finish 10 games above 500 on home ice. Uh, there's that part of it. Also, win the 50th game of the year and keep an eye on the prize of matching year number one with the 51 victories and if you win out these next two games what a marathon has been but two games left if you take them both you will be the top seed in the western conference and win the pacific division we got to get some other news and notes from around the national hockey league including a major announcement of growing the game globally by the national hockey league this is something. Quite honestly, I didn't see happening. Mm -hmm. Not in the next little bit, but uh, it's going to occur. The National Hockey League is going to go somewhere where it's never been before, and one of our loyal callers is going to be so happy about this. Uh, We'll continue with one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Carlson left corner, centered one-time! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show.
0: All right, let's walk you through it. So some clinching scenarios uh, tonight, and uh, Wallace, bring you up the scoreboard because I wanted you to play along uh, okay. with me. The Florida okay. Panthers, idle, not playing tonight will clinch a playoff. This always makes me wonder, are all the guys together? Are they all watching these games together? Yes. Waiting to see if they're going to clinch? So the Florida Panthers, not playing, will clinch if the Buffalo Sabres lose to the New Jersey Devils in any fashion and the Pittsburgh Penguins lose to the Chicago Blackhawks in regulation. So Florida needs... Buffalo to lose mm-hmm. to New Jersey and the Penguins to fall to the Chicago Blackhawks. What's the latest on those two games? All right,
2: the Devils are up 3-1 to on the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, two and a half minutes left in the second period. And the Chicago Blackhawks and Pittsburgh Penguins are scoreless. 1730 left in the second period.
0: Also, a little bit of a good picture. Yeah. Half the stuff's half going on. the picture, on, yeah. And really, it's the... The half that you'd wonder whether it could come about. Yeah. You don't expect Pittsburgh to end up falling to the Chicago Blackhawks the way things have gone this year. You don't
2: expect it, but the Penguins have been an absolute mystery all year long. So.
0: The Carolina Hurricanes will clinch the Metropolitan Division title. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just go back to the Patrick Division? The Metropolitan Division title, if they defeat the Detroit Red Wings, Okay. And the Devils lose to the Sabres. So we know the Devils are not losing to the Sabres. But are the Carolina Hurricanes doing their part?
2: They are doing their part. Three to one. Carolina's up on Detroit with a minute left in the second.
0: So inching a little bit closer there. A little bit closer. If they can take care of their own business. The Devils, meanwhile, will clinch home ice in the first round Mm -hmm. if they get at least one point against the Sabres. And that's tracking. That's looking good. All right. Uh, Winnipeg Jets will clinch a playoff berth if they get at least one point against the Wild, Dula, Minnesota. Two to nothing,
2: Winnipeg. Four and a half minutes left in the first.
0: Winnipeg's been a funny team.
2: They have been a funny team,
0: and then the coach just goes off on them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they've been okay since then. Yeah, they've juggled their lineup a little bit. Shifley's not playing down the middle, and they're they're scoring a few goals. They're a really straight. They might be. The Winnipeg Jets might be the most hard team to read going into the playoffs.
2: Well, now that the Calgary Flames aren't getting there, yeah.
0: I, I, I thought I had a pretty good eye on the uh, feel <laughs> for the Calgary Flames, to be quite honest, uh, especially when I got my inside information on it. <laughs> All right. The Avalanche will clinch home ice in the first round. Mm-hmm if they beat the Oilers in regulation and any result in the Wild Jets other than a Wild regulation win. That's a weird one.
2: Well, we don't know, obviously, what's going on in Edmonton, Colorado, because that game doesn't start for another hour. But all that to say, the Minnesota Wild are losing two to nothing to the Winnipeg Jets. So that's favorable for Colorado.
0: And the Dallas Stars, idle. OK. That's a funny word to me, idle. Yeah. I wonder who invented that one. I don't know. Somebody with idle hands. Like not, you're not doing anything. I'm idle. Yeah.
2: Well, I just you don't you don't want to say I'm not doing anything. Idle at least feels like an action word.
0: What are you doing, kid? I'm idle. 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 Yeah. The first thing you know, when you become a parent, when you when you ask the kids, "What are you doing?" <laughs> nothing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Never nothing. Let's go. Right. And and my kids, I haven't told them that yet and they're 16 and 13 yeah and i don't plan on telling them that that the first thing that happens when they say nothing Mm -hmm. is that's it's investigating it's
2: never nothing it's always something
0: if you tell me hey i'm watching tiktok Mm -hmm. or i'm going through all your drawers looking for cash okay all right got it Fill your boots yeah go for it at least you're honest Uh, Dallas Stars Idol will clinch home ice in the first round if the Wild lose to the Jets in regulation. That's looking good. So Dallas can have a a celebration tonight. And uh, we'll finish it off with the Vegas Golden Knights. So let's just remind everybody what happens here.
2: So a win in any fashion by the Golden Knights, coupled with a loss by the Edmonton Oilers in any fashion tonight, results in a victory, a, a win of the Pacific Division for the Vegas Golden Knights. And the other scenario is as follows. If the Golden Knights get at least one point out of this game tonight against Seattle, so a loss in uh, overtime or a shootout, coupled with an Edmonton Oilers regulation loss, then the Golden Knights are Pacific Division champions.
0: So there you are. Uh, there's a whole bunch that can happen on a 10-game night in the National Hockey League. Congratulations to Claude Giroux, 1,000 points mm-hmm. as the National Hockey here. He's done that over his entire career, not just this year with Ottawa. If it uh, was just this year in Ottawa, it's a very underappreciated story in, <laughs> in the National Hockey League. Uh, but uh, he signed that three year deal to go back home and yeah. reached his 1,000th point. So that's pretty cool. And then Joe Pavelski also recorded his 1,000th point. There's a guy. Giroux was always tracking towards it. Mm-hmm. It's a huge milestone. I wasn't sure Joe Pavelski was going to get there a few years ago.
2: I, I didn't think he would either, but obviously it's been a, a renaissance for him, uh, so to speak, in Dallas, and uh, the guy just has tremendous longevity. Like, he's been at it for a long time and, and still a, a, a really, really good hockey player for the Dallas Stars. So, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's not something I thought I'd see, but good on Joe for getting there.
0: On the subject of clinching. Okay in a related way. Uh-huh. The Calgary Flames were bounced from playoff contention last night <laughs> losing uh, to the Nashville Predators yeah. an extra time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one went, uh, went to shoot up and Calgary actually had a couple of times to win the shoot up uh-huh. uh, and didn't do it again. Kind of goes with the script of Calgary this year. Teased you, you think they're going to pull it out. They didn't. Uh, they battled back through a couple of uh, bad breaks last night but couldn't get through uh, UC Saros, who is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Just a one-off? Or do you think like, nobody basically has contracts there? Daryl Sutter's got a contract, and but that's it. Not the assistants, as far as I know, not the management, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see, does Daryl take over as general manager? Does Daryl retire? Does Brad come back as the general manager, Brad Trilliving? Uh, does Kirk Muller take over the head coaching job? Uh, there's there's a bunch of different directions for that uh, team where, Do you have a, a feeling of where they go? I I
2: really don't I, I feel like the one thing I, I I think they've got to find a way, obviously to get Jonathan Huberdeau going for next year. I think they've got to find a way to get more out of Mackenzie Wieger you got to find a way to get more out of Nathan Kadri. So like with that all being said if it's not working with Daryl behind the bench, I think that's probably the place that you start. Beyond that, I don't have much of a read when it comes to the Calgary Plains. Uh,
0: I can't believe that they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm surprised that, too. That was one of the sure things coming into this year, yeah. is, is a team that was so good last year in the Pacific Division. And I know they went through some changes, but it was not a team that was decimated by injury this year. They just never found the right chemistry after mm-hmm. losing Kachuk and Gaudreau uh, in the offseason and, and bringing in the three players in Uyghur, Huberto, and Kadri.
2: And, and that's the thing. Like, I thought that, you know, Brad Tree Living, given what had kind of transpired in, in losing Johnny Gaudreau and losing Matthew Kachuk, um, you, you kind of salvaged it as best you can. I thought that the players coming in, especially Weger on the back end, was going to make a big difference, and you know, it takes time to gel for sure, but it just never really got off the ground for the Calgary Flames. There have been games where they looked unbeatable what we expected out of them and then too many games where they just were not consistent enough to compete at an NHL level.
0: NHL is going to make some hockey history for the first time, the National Hockey League is going to uh, travel to the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. There's some preseason games, two of them, uh, next September between the Los Angeles Kings and the Arizona Coyotes, scheduled to be played in the NHL Global Series in Melbourne, Mm. Australia. And they're going to play at the home of the Australian Open uh, Tennis Championship at the Rod Laver Arena. Uh, They're going to construct a a rink. They've done that everywhere, although this is going to be a little different. Usually it's the same crew with all the the boards and everything. Uh, I don't know whether they ship the boards there or whether, I mean, I know that they've got rinks there. A buddy of mine helps uh, run one of the professional teams there in Kerry Goulet, but I don't know the logistics of how they're going to build this rink. Uh, It's going to be uh, at Rod Laver Arena, which is used for concerts and tennis, and it's got a retractable roof uh, in one one part. Uh, It's going to remain closed. It will not be an outdoor game in Australia. And that will be going into, it'll be spring there. Yeah. Uh, Because fall, uh, fall up here. Uh, And uh, a great quote uh, is attributed uh, to this move. It's going to be one of the boldest moves the NHL has made. And it's not their intention to go there once and not go back. So it's two preseason games that they're going to play down there, which kind of surprised me that you wouldn't go down and play regular season games. But uh, Los Angeles and Arizona. NHL's played some different places. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, and I can't remember who they played uh, in uh, Tokyo, in in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, long, this is in great before the nineteen ninety eight Olympics, uh, right around there. Uh, they played in a swimming pool. Like they, really? it was it was a, a, a an adjusted swimming pool. Oh wow! Yeah, they played
1: uh, the Ducks. That's, in 1997, there you go at Looking the Yoyogi new. Arena.
0: Yeah, uh, my buddy Rob Fultz was uh, was the broadcaster of that. But huh. yeah, it was a, it was a converted swimming pool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, in, in, uh, and there's uh, you can see the, actually the diving board in, uh, the uh, up there. <laughs> uh, so they played in some some different places. So going to a tennis facility is mm-hmm. uh, is different. But first time ever going to the Southern Hemisphere. So Stephen, we have not heard from you in a while we are so excited the national hockey league is coming your way
2: yeah that's super awesome i i'm excited to kind of see it i, I think it'll be real interesting um to see what the game looks like in, in terms of how it all works inside the the arena rod laver arena but like i i think it's awesome the fact that the, the nhl is not just looking at this as a one-off that you you know i i think it opens the door eventually for regular season games games with with real real meaning in terms of the regular season happening in Australia, and that's that's awesome, it's cool. Doesn't the,
0: the water swirl in the other direction in the Southern Hemisphere? You'd have to ask the international traveler, I don't know. Does the water swirl in the other direction in the Southern Hemisphere?
1: I've only been to the Southern Hemisphere once, and it was a long time ago, and I honestly don't, don't know.
0: You didn't right. flush a toilet when you No, I did, I just oh, okay. probably didn't pay,
1: I was in Peru, I probably didn't pay attention, so. I didn't I care. Can I ask
0: you that, there's a method that matters. You walk on the ice, so I, I step off the, uh, the bench, at an empty rink, every single person I know turns right and skates counterclockwise around the rink. Watch it. Yep. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. single yep. person—the yep. natural thing—you skate counterclockwise, and then the person comes. All right, let's switch directions at the public skate. I wonder if you go the other direction in in Australia. If you walk on the ice and you go you go clockwise, uh, those are uh, one timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League for this Tuesday. April on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman.
0: Talking about those games in Japan 1997, that was Darren Elliott's first broadcasting assignment uh, with the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim against the Vancouver Canucks. He's listening to the show. Sent me the notes, so it all ties together. Thanks for listening. D.E., Christopher.
1: Yeah, and pretty cool. The arena that hosted that actually was used in the Tokyo Olympics, which you were a part of, and it was supposed to... Well, it did house Team Handball, which was something I actually had tickets for, but for obvious reasons didn't get to use. So... uh Kind of, kind of a fun Remember little. Remember
0: we talked about going there together because you yes. were going as a tourist, but yeah. before we really even worked together, yeah, yeah. And then you let me down. Yeah, you I know.
1: me. I know. I, well, I, I do that from time to time. But you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm watching the NBA play in playoff tournament, and I kind of feel like it, it, it could work in the NHL. I don't like it for the NBA because let's be honest, the Hawks or the Heat are not going to go on to win the NBA title. But I kind of feel like sometimes in the NHL. There's a team that misses the playoffs, and we have seen eight seeds go on to win the Stanley Cup, make deep runs in the playoffs. Maybe adding a few extra teams in the NHL playoff would kind of be, would it, it would be kind of fun. You know what I think?
0: I think it hurts the chances of an eight seed or a nine seed going because it adds to the journey. Yeah, and makes it too long. So it's, I think it's better the way it is right now, and there's more of an opportunity for those low seeds to get through.
1: Yeah, I, I like the, the the format the way it is. I'm, I'm kind of. Here you and said there.
0: both sides. There, you're on the fence.
1: Well, I, I I don't like it for the NBA, but I think for the NHL, it would it would be kind of fun. I understand what you're saying, but I just think if you can add an extra team in there, maybe it, maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe I would like the last year. Yeah. Oh well. Can I, well, say, can I yeah, say that? Because because we know a team here would yeah. have been in. So, and that team certainly was capable of making a deep run. Yes.
0: Like Calgary, would they love it right now? Yeah. Although, who knows? They, yeah. They, 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 yeah what about the Sabers, though?
1: The Sabers haven't been in the playoffs for for basically most of our lifetime, it seems like, and they would be right in the hunt. And the Penguin streak oh. of, of making the playoffs would still be alive, and they're losing right now, so that do, might do be coming to an the teams end. Teams
0: that got bumped in during the bubble, who no, made the playoffs, no. So there you go. There, that answers that question.
1: No, right? no,
0: because we they expanded the playoff rosters there.
1: Well, that was a different, unique situation. Like why, we not why, we why did
0: they do that anyway? Yeah, I what don't was know. Going on I there? think
1: because teams hadn't played the same amount of games, and there were there were some teams that may have. Why made Why didn't it.
0: teams play the same amount of games that year?
1: Well, because the season ended for for some teams. Maybe they only played why, seventy why, games.
0: But why did that? Why did they do it on an uneven season that year? COVID. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I can't believe that we got that far down with you answering me legitimately about that. Uh, Ryan Wallace is coming up uh, the pregame show ahead of the Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas.